How's it going, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of The Geeky Gentleman, the podcast for all your geeky needs, fashion, and lifestyle tips, all rolled into one perfectly packaged podcast. With the recent trailers for Wakanda Forever, fans have finally gotten a look at Namor the Submariner, portrayed by Tanok Herta. It goes without saying that it appears that Namor will be the villain of the film, most likely coming into conflict with the now vulnerable Wakanda as they are without their Black Panther protector. Namor is one of the oldest characters to come out of Marvel Comics, and with his exciting adventure coming up in Wakanda Forever, let's jump into who exactly is Namor the Submariner. In the gentleman's portion, we're discussing the beard style you should rock out depending on your face shape. Alrighty, enough said, let's jump right into the podcast. Namor was created by Bill Everett and appeared in Marvel Comics back in 1939. Throughout his long comic book run, he's come into contact with almost all the well-known superheroes and teams within the Marvel Universe. But let's cover the basics and the most popular comic book storylines of Namor. First, his mother was Atlantean and the daughter of the Emperor, and his father was a human sea captain thus making him half Atlantean and half human, which is why he has more of a human skin tone versus his fellow blue-skinned Atlanteans. Namor is extraordinarily long-lived thanks to his Atlantean DNA. Even though he's depicted as a male in his prime, Namor dates back to World War II, where he fought along Captain America and Bucky. In the comic books, Namor has had dealings with Wakanda on more than one occasion, and started back when T'Chaka, T'Challa's father was ruler of Wakanda. Namor on numerous occasions has come into conflict with various heroes in the comic books due to him enacting revenge on humanity for the damage they inflict on the ocean and thus his people and his kingdom of Atlantis. One of the major teams to deal with Namor was the Fantastic Four and from that point on Namor harbored feelings for Sue Storm aka the Invisible Woman. He has been a member of various teams, such as the Avengers, the Defenders, the Fantastic Four, the Illuminati, and even the X-Men. Originally in the comics, Namor was depicted as an Atlantean human hybrid, which could explain his powers. But, due to the wings on his ankles, which give him the ability to fly, and that didn't really come from either of his heritages, it has been recalled in the comics that Namor is indeed a mutant. In the storyline Avengers vs. X-Men, Namor became one of the Phoenix Five, along with Cyclops, Emma Frost, Magic, and Colossus, and contained a portion of the Phoenix Force within himself. While empowered by the Phoenix, Namor attacked Wakanda and almost destroyed the city. He's eventually defeated and loses his connection to the Phoenix Force. But this wasn't the last time he came into contact with the Phoenix Force. In the Enter the Phoenix storyline, a tournament is set by the Phoenix Force in order to find itself a new host. In the tournament, Namor fights against Echo, nearly killing her during the fight. Afterwards, he fights the Hulk, but is defeated by a revived Echo, who had been chosen by the Phoenix as its new host. So, what are Namor's abilities? Because of his genetic heritage, Namor is quite unique in comparison to other Atlanteans. His physiology is suited for extreme undersea pressures, allowing him to stay underwater with no effort. He has superhuman strength, speeds, agility, durability, and longevity. He's also able to fly due to the wings on his ankles. While underwater, Namor is able to swim at superhuman speeds, even faster than his fellow Atlanteans. The exact level of his strength has been depicted differently across various writers, but he has been shown to handle his own 101 even with the Hulk. 
he possesses the ability to form telepathic rapports with all forms of marine life, and can even persuade them to do his bidding. With Namor finally making his MCU debut in Wakanda Forever, what can we expect to see? First, we know that the mutants have finally made their debut in the MCU, with Kamala Khan in the Disney Plus series Miss Marvel. Now that she has been confirmed as a mutant, will the MCU consider Namor a mutant too? I bet that the MCU will continue with the most recent comic book recon on the fact that Namor is now considered a mutant, even if they don't necessarily state it immediately. Naturally, Namor will draw a comparison between the DC superhero Aquaman. Although the film of Aquaman came out before Namor's arrival in the MCU, Namor was introduced as a character before Aquaman in the comics. Both are princes of the Kingdom of Atlantis, have superhuman strength, and defend the oceans. To differentiate between the characters' on-screen personas and to add more diversity across their superhero films, Marvel has decided to depict Namor and Atlantis with a Mayan and Aztec influence, unlike their comic book counterparts. From the trailers, we can see that Namor will be seen as an antagonist for either the entire duration of Wakanda Forever, or at least a good bit of it. Because of the power vacuum left by the loss of T'Challa, Namor could be attacking Wakanda because of being misguided by the other world powers to do their dirty work for them. But I have another idea of the scenario that could be happening. In the first Black Panther film, Killmonger destroyed all the heart-shaped herbs in Wakanda that empower the ruler with the powers of the Black Panther. Only one was saved by Nakia, and it was given to T'Challa. But with T'Challa's death and the destruction of the heart-shaped herb, how will the nation of Wakanda bestow the powers of the Black Panther on the next ruler? My guess is that Talokan, which is what they're calling Atlantis in the MCU, will be based on an ancient civilization that dates back as far as Wakanda, or even earlier. And they have their own stores of vibranium and heart-shaped herbs. The very thing Wakanda needs to create the newest incarnation of the Black Panther. Hence the conflict between both nations. Either way, this is only the beginning of Namor, so he will be starting off as an antagonist, but naturally will begin to work alongside our Marvel heroes. Alrighty, gentlemen. Just because you're growing your facial hair doesn't mean you should have an ungroomed face. The whole rugged vibe you're projecting can easily look, well, lazy. That doesn't look good on anyone. Another thing that doesn't look good on you is growing a beard that simply doesn't work with your face. So to help you along your beard growing path, I'm going to give you some insight into the beard you should be growing based on the shape of your face. First up, all the men with round faces. If you have a round face, you're going to want to square it out. Beards can assist those without a strong coveted jawline, because they give an optical illusion of exactly that, a strong jawline. What you will want to do is ensure that the beard is shortest on your cheek, but longer around the jawline, where you can trim it to create a square shape. You can even grow your beard longer to elongate your face so that it appears less circular. Next up, all the men with angular faces. If you already have an angular face with sharp corners on your jaw and brow, then it's best to go softer when it comes to your beard. You don't want to cut corners into your beard and overload anyone who looks at your face. 
you want to style out your beard by opting for a soft, curved baseline around the front base of it. This way, you can break up your naturally angular features and distract any onlooker from all the right angles. What about the men with oval-shaped faces? Well, if you count yourself among the men with oval-shaped faces, then you're going to want to avoid doing anything too drastic when it comes to your facial hair. You want to keep it groomed and avoid going too long. If your facial hair is really thick, make sure to brush the beard out in the opposite direction and cut any hairs that may be sticking out. The way you trim the lines of your beard can have a big impact on your facial features. Think of it like contouring, but with your beard. With that in mind, strong, sharp lines can give the appearance of a more squared shape. If you've got a heart-shaped face, then you're going to want to go scruffy and short. If the bottom of your face is thinner than your jaw, you may think you should grow out your beard to balance it out. That's the wrong way to go about it. You'll want to keep your facial hair as scruffy as possible, as hard lines will only widen your cheekbones and therefore draw eyes towards your mustache area. Also, keep the neckline low. This will give a background to your chin and lessen the pointed appearance of it. And there you have it, gentlemen. The beard you should be growing based on your face shape. A big thank you again for listening to another episode of The Geeky Gentleman. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. That would definitely give me a happy. Feel free to drop me a DM on Instagram. I'm at Drifting Decal. If you have any style or grooming questions, and I'd love to hear your theories on Namor's upcoming appearance in the MCU. And until our next podcast adventure, I will talk at you guys later. Bye.